Welcome to the first episode of Developer Melange, the podcast about developing software in the 21st century directly from Vienna, Austria. Developer Melange brings you regular discussions about everything software development. You can follow us on Twitter at devmelange, that's D-E-V-M-E-L-A-N-G-E. We are very keen on learning what you think about this show or the podcast itself. So please reach out for us. We appreciate all of your feedback. And now, here are your hosts. My name is Paul. My name is Christian. Hi, I'm David. Well, maybe you ask yourself why just another podcast. I mean, there, there are lots of podcasts already online, lots of good podcasts. Um, I think when I can speak for me here now is that we are three or sometimes also four people um, which have some, some interests in, in the same topics about software development. So this will not be a very specific podcast. I think it will be a very generic podcast about different topics, about software craftsmanship, things which are interested to us right at the moment or we are thinking about for years now. And that's, that's actually my motivation to make this podcast with those gentlemen here. You <laughs> <laughs> were a great pleasure, yes. Okay, and for this episode, for this first episode of our podcast, we decided on one topic that is probably pretty well known, but still a very relevant and interesting topic to talk about, the solid principles. Well... This is a topic actually you learn at school or at, at, at university at least very soon, yeah, solid principles. In the beginning for me it was something I just learned, I didn't really understand it. At some point I had the feeling that I understand it and after another few years I have the feeling that I don't understand them because actually for me they are at least a little bit too abstract. So why are the five, for example? Because actually... They make a nice acronym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just five is just a good number, right? So maybe it's just a padded list. Maybe it could have been four. But I, I don't want to go into detail now, but this is, this is my understanding, for example, that the single, the single responsibility, right? What is a responsibility? Yeah. Okay, maybe, excuse me, before we, we go on, maybe we should... Uh, explain to the listeners that might not be so familiar yeah, with this yeah. acronym what is SOLID so what is the SOLID well Uncle Bob defined it as SALTY principles and, and Michael Feathers I think just sent him an email hey can it not switch the, the last two ones then it's SOLID yeah which sounds a little bit cooler um, so the five SOLID principles are single responsibility principle um, open close principle Lishkov substitution principle interface segregation principle and dependency inversion principle, not dependency injection, but dependency inversion principle. I, I see this often wrong on the World Wide Web. And when you when you tend to follow those five principles in your source code, then the saying is that your code becomes easier to read and, and also more maintainable, actually. That's, that's, that's the main goal as far as I understood. And when you say, as far as you understood, is this also something that you experienced then? I, <laughs> I, no, actually, 
this is a big question yeah <laughs> um, for me it's it is always a little bit the difference actually if people try to follow the solid principles too hard and if they say okay I will really focus on them during writing codes then they lose the focus on other topics which are in my opinion more important for maintainable code like just simplicity and stuff like this so I'm not sure if but this is this goes for most of these guidelines here yeah, if you really follow them completely hardly and don't look right or left you will somewhere end up with code that is not that maintainable as if you would have just done it simple straightforward that that's my opinion so I'm more that the, the kiss fan yeah <laughs> instead of the solid fan so kiss is keep it simple yeah keep it simple and stupid that's that's not acronym yeah, yeah. Um, so but there was this, this tweet from John Carmack about the best solution might not be a framework or a library it might just be a function uh, yeah maybe yeah mm. um, but yeah that, 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 I mean there's a great talk from, from the North about the solid principles he says somehow fuck the solid principles I don't know if he says it but actually he means it I guess <laughs> <laughs> and he just says everything about the solid principles can be replaced with simplicity yeah so he goes through all the five points and says okay actually it's, it just ends up in, in right simple code yeah and this is also what, what Kiss says more or less and I think it's it's very hard that's that's my main problem actually have with the solid principles that it's very hard to discuss about them yeah because if you say okay this is our discussion baseline and when we say we have a pull request and we want to, to go through this pull request and we keep the solid principles in mind yeah then people start saying or writing comments like okay this is not the single responsibility right yeah if that happens then I yeah, but this I, is a big I issue my, right? my yellow dots in the face <laughs> yeah because people say okay let's let's try to have one responsibility per class or, or a method at least and then what is a responsibility yeah, yeah. this is I, I think these principles have a value in in that if all the people in the team know about them in principle so that you can relate to them in the discussions but if you use it as a hammer to to get your code uh, into the code base and to to throw the hammer or the stone on on the colleagues that doesn't it like this and you use it as a kind of bible i think then it gets really problematic yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, I, I think maybe similar with the patterns you don't need the patterns to be there as a strategy and da 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 but you can use the idea and you can talk about it and you can think about alternatives and stuff and maybe you know what are the benefits and the shortcomings on using this or that but I think it's really important to to keep acting pragmatic yeah yeah, yeah for sure for yeah. sure and and but maybe let's dive deeper into all the five right? okay. because I think mm -hmm. one of us at least some of them have, have their have their, their, their advantages if you keep them in mind but for me that the first one is really the worst the single responsibility because the worst yeah it's the worst okay. <laughs> it's the worst because it's just it's just abstract stuff yeah I cannot do anything with it yeah 
I don't know mm -hmm. what is a responsibility. Yeah? It's a responsibility that it only works with one domain object. It's a responsibility that he only does one direction to the database. What is a responsibility in which, which context? So for me, this is say, just nothing. For me, this was the most interesting one when I learned the solid principle the first time because I said, yeah, for sure, every class can only have one purpose to change. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually the, the quote you read with single responsibility. But... Also, that is not that helpful as yeah, some people yeah, yeah. suggest, sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, is, uh, it, is it more than a single focus principle? You focus on whatever you have as your, your context, be it one line of code, being, be it one function, or be it a class or a library, perhaps, that the respective thing should focus on only one thing, and however complex or not complex it does it to solve that. Yeah, but uh, what is interesting? Yeah. I, I think the notion of a Focus instead of a responsibility would have the advantage of of not transporting a very very strict area where it is valid. So a responsibility that seems to be somewhere written, and I have just to understand it. What is a responsibility and what is outside of this responsibility? But if I'm talking about a focus, then I see, of course, I have my focal point, and there are other things around that also have their place, but not in that importance. So I think it's more, uh, it's it's easier to think about it. It's not more helpful, it's not better, it's not of better help in deciding what this should be in and what can, uh, what can be in and what should be out of this class, for example. But so maybe it can relax the thinking about the S in the solid principles. So there's a primary goal for a class, you would say, when you when primary you goal, class. Yeah. So, so right. a T-shaped class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to spoil yeah. the second topic, yeah. yeah. So maybe that relaxes a little bit the thinking about what is a responsibility if we talk about the focus. But then, like. then you can also then go into more even more heated dis discussions. What is sure. the focus? Sure. What is not yeah, the focus? For sure, you can always do the yeah. focus of an application is at least to solve the problem for a user yeah, yeah. so this is the, the big overall focus and then you have to split it into smaller focus yeah. groups and and this is really this for me this is a pain point because i, I didn't found really a, a class where i said okay this fulfills this single responsibility or this avoids it and because when you think too much about it i think you will always lose lose yourself into details so for me this is just not helpful i don't say that Maybe it's it's not helpful for for everyone, but for me, it's more or less clear that for sure a class should not do that much here or too much. But saying okay, it should have only a single responsibility or a single focus or a single reason to change doesn't yeah. bring any benefit for me. Yeah, I, th I think the counter examples that people bring are the customer class that can be that has a method export to HTML and a method save to database and the method whatever, yeah. send over the wire. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what. Calculate tax. And yeah, calculate tax and say hello, yes. So really, really different topics what can be done with a customer, for example, mm -hmm. so that you don't have this in a single class that does all the things. Mm. And I guess it's rather easy to agree about this, that it's maybe not the the best architecture if you do it like this. Mm -hmm. But of course, if you go down the level, is this uh, is this locking manager, whatever, is this a single responsibility or can we split yeah, it up sure. into more, into a, yeah. into a lock and then unlock responsibility? 
in theory it's not clear. Yeah, yeah and also when it comes to constructing um, an object or just 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 a simple domain object like a customizer, is it responsible to, to change the name? So do you need some factory, yeah, which creates a new customer yeah. every time you change something? So yeah. for me it's it really often um, creates problems instead of solving them during discussions because yeah it's 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 so abstract yeah but let, maybe let's move forward to the second one okay. Okay. Um, that the second one is the open close principle which is also rather abstract for me not that absolutely like the single responsibility so there should be a good way to to extend classes but they shouldn't be modified from outside yeah and, and the the classical, I think that the classical approach is, is for example, the strategy better, so that you can plug in whatever strategy you want, and and this makes sense at some point, yeah. Or, or you can derive from a class and override some methods. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. If you have the possibility to derive from a yeah. class, you can do it, yeah. Okay. So uh, what I'm thinking sometimes is, for example, on a higher level, uh, a plugin architecture is also following this principle or this idea, isn't it? If you have the possibility to to add plugins to an already maybe running application, just to add some yeah, functionality. For sure, for sure. I mean, on a higher yeah, level, yeah, but it's okay. the same idea, I guess. Yeah. So do you talking about you are talking about the high level? I'm I'm trying to think about examples where I'm come across this the the need for an open close principle or perhaps or perhaps I don't see it that much or perhaps I don't use it either way. So the open close principle is meant to be uh, I have one thing and if I want to have it behave like slightly different, I can do this by doing something from from the outside. Not necessarily have to change this thing itself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't see myself in that situation that I have this need so often. Well, actually, for me, Events Bus is a great example for this, yeah? Because actually you want to modify something if something happens, yeah? And you can do this in the class which knows that this happens, so you can extend this class by saying, okay, if this happens, let's do this, right? But then the, the class grows from, from, from time to time. And Sorry, you lost me. What, what do you mean event bus and now with class going? Well, actually, think of an event bus, which okay. just takes events and, and publishes some 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 subject, observable mm -hmm. stuff, yeah? And actually, if something happens, the class pushes this event to the event bus, right? Mm -hmm. And another class maybe listens to this event bus and says, okay, if this happens, I do something. And this is a good example for me for... for for extendability and open for extendability because the class provides those events to events bus and others can register to it. So every time something happens which you're interested in, you don't have to change the class which gets this event. It just pushes it to the event bus and others can register and say, okay, I can now extend on this event. For me, this 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 example doesn't help because the event bus for me is not just an asynchronous manner of transporting data out of some processing function. So whether or not I have a class and a call a method and it which returns some sort of result of that, whether or not I process this result immediately or I get put this result on an event bus just to be transferred somewhere else, it's just a just a different transfer of this information. Yeah, but you don't have to change the class, right? And I also because you have to do this when calling the function from the class from the class. 
let, let's say you have you have an, an cloud. Let, let's get concrete. Maybe you have some I don't know a, a user registry, yeah, which which pushes which which knows okay a new user is registered, right? So you have some 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 class or some module which does this, right? And then you have another I don't know it's an entry entry card system or entry card module which needs to to um, generate entry cards, right? And at some point the company says okay we need an entry card system. What you can do is you can say, okay, the user register system, every time a new user gets registered, they create an entry card for this user. So then you would add functionality to the, to the user register system or to the user register module, right? But what you can do is you can just push the event. You can say, okay, I have a new user registration and another, the entry card uh, module, can just register to this event, right? So you 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 can extend your application for for every time a user registers and you want to do something in this event without touching the user register model. Okay, this example now was another assumption that I would change the uh, user register system. I didn't think about that. I would simply hide my user register system system where I can register user and I receive a result. Okay, yes, worked. And from that on, then I then go to the card system. I didn't think about extending the customer register system for making it also print the cards. I was just using it as the compact thing that does nothing more than the registry. So in, in turn, I do something on the event registry, which then says, okay, yes, user registered. And from that on, something else prints the card. And whether or not this information, yes, user has been registered, came from a return value from the public function from the register system or this return value or event or whatever was published by a bus is no different. But I think the difference is in the wiring between yeah, those parties, isn't it? Because if we would if you would have it via function return value, someone would have to rewire re if you introduce the printing of the card. In either way it is unaffected for the user register system. So if I'm focusing if my the current focus is the user register system it doesn't care whether or not it's hooked up into an event bus or someone else or some different module processes the return value. Which is why I don't see the reason why for the user register system <laughs> the open closed principle now has been affected. Okay, so mm. Yeah, but maybe that's that's the core problem, yeah. Uh, what we see here now, yeah, that we are seeing something different between what is open and what is closed, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean this is a good point actually. If you discuss about with somebody, he says, "Okay, this is now open for extension, yeah. and it's still closed." Yeah, and and we have seen in the discussion that it's not clear, mm -hmm. and, and that's that's actually one of the points. I I think from from the code level, if we go down from the from the architecture level down to the code level, you get a feeling if you're adhering or violating the open-close principle if you have to implement some feature or make a change and and then you want to commit and you see, you take a look what are the files that I had to touch and how many of those files really were about the problem that I had to touch, had to implement or had to change and what files just had to be touched on the way Going yeah, but by. this is this is about coupling, right? So is the open close principle about coupling, or is it just about, about extendability, what? coupling? Coupling. So if you have to change a lot of stuff, it's maybe too much coupling. But yeah, but isn't the open close principle <laughs> one of the principles that helps you reduce coupling? 
Maybe, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. because extendability reduces. No. Mm. Yeah, I have to think about it. Yeah, sex <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks>, power. <Paul. laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, because if, if you think about this uh, message bus uh, example, then you have a coupling via probably the name of the message that is, or the subject of the message that is on the on the bus. So it's a really, I think the the lowest value of coupling just by some stream. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Nothing okay, let, let's continue with the next um, Lishkov substitution principle. Also um, called Lishkov substitution principle. Yeah, it's it's by Barbara Lishkov, right? She's yeah. a, she's is a woman. she Czech? I Czech don't know, but I didn't know that she was that she's a woman for for years. Yeah, that's interesting for me, actually, and that's cool. And <coughs> this is <laughs> I'm not saying this because she's a woman, but for me, this is the one which which makes the most sense, right? So actually, what it says is that that if you if you um, create a subclass for something, it shouldn't break the behavior of the class, right? So you the best example for me is that you just throw and not implement that exception. If yeah. you, for example, implement some some kind of, of interface or abstract class, and this this one really I can live with this. I can say okay, you do this here. Maybe think about the the L in solid principle. So this is. The only mm -hmm. one which is really concrete where I can see, okay, this this has, has some kind of sense for me, right? And it also requires a lot of work to get it right, I would guess. Because in order to avoid breaking the behavior that the interface defines, you need to have a very, very precise definition of what is expected from the interface. For sure, for sure, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not easy, yeah, I'm not mm -hmm. saying this, yeah. But at least I, I can... I can somehow measure it, yeah, or I can somehow see if we break it in our code base or if we don't break it. Yeah. Um, if, if we talk about not implemented methods from an interface, for example, that you mentioned, of course that is violating the risk of substitution principle. As long as the interface specifies it, it has to be implemented. It could be the definition of the behavior of the in the interface to say, the implementers could not yeah, or might okay. not implement it. This is okay. why I say if you have, you have to be very precise in the definition okay. of what is allowed. Okay. Yeah, if your language or your interface mechanism or subtyping mechanism allows it, then yeah, of course, of the required ones. Um, but isn't that more of the interface segregation principle if you have this problem? Because one of the Examples that you sometimes hear about risk of substitution principle, principle is this rectangle versus square. Yeah, I guess you know it. So if you have if you have a rectangle class, then you have independent height and width, and you can calculate the area and stuff, and you can change one of those, and the other one remains the same, and then you can say, okay, a square is. Uh, is a spec more specific version of a rectangle because it also has two perpendicular sides, but just as a side note, the length and the height are always the same. And then you start violating the risk of substitution principle, I think in a more su subtle way, mm. because then you really have the problem. You change one and might not be aware that the other one has been changed too. Mm. And then you can't can really get into into weird problems. So I think 
this is a more involved and more more dangerous um, violation of the substitution principle. Yeah, I think I think too they they are somehow related. I'm I'm not sure how, but 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 somehow there is a relation between them because actually if you want to avoid Lishkov substitution principle, one way to do is is to do interface segregation, right? That's what mm -hmm. you mentioned to say, okay, I have to cut my interfaces smaller. Yeah. But this is just one solution. Um, another solution would just be to use aggregation over inheritance. Yeah, that's that's, okay. that's one of the, the things I or solutions I often do to just avoid inheritance when when possible. Um, Do we, what the one more practical example about the LSPs for me, least of substitution principle, is the case where you forget to call the base class for cleaning up resources, for instance. Mm -hmm. So this could be the destructor in an <coughs> unmanaged language, C++, or if you have it in a similar way in a dispose method that forgets to call the base, base class. Mm -hmm. Or even more subtle, if, you, if the, your base class did not implement, so it has only an abstract dispose method, and later on it gets added or implemented, and your, your, inherited, your inheriting class did not call base because it was abstract before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's also this mm -hmm. fragile um, base class problem. I don't know if you notice. Okay, yeah. so actually it, it goes some somehow in the same direction. That it <laughs> that now it gets funny because actually with inheritance you you somehow break the open close principle because in, in in languages like Java for example where you can override everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's. It's easy to change the internals of a class by overwriting a specific method, right? And and this can cause problems if mm -hmm. if you if you call it then back, for example, then you can have, for example, um, um, endless loops and stuff like this, right? Because you can really break okay. the, the, the 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 base class, and so this all relates a little bit together I think but for me the, the real solution is really to avoid inheritance as often as possible well mm. it's not that hard in JavaScript <laughs> to be honest but that, that's that's one of my solutions right now for this but I guess the principle does not just work for for inheritance or subtyping isn't it yeah so you yeah. could think of a class that um, should um, should raise events, for example, or should um, subscribe to events and react in a special way. And if it does it in a weird way, it could also make the whole system weird. Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the list of substitution principle is also the one that, in regulated environments, safety critical, for instance, is required on a certain assurance level. So in, in my field, for instance, in, in air traffic management, if you have to provide or build a software system with a certain assurance level, meaning a certain effect if it failed, then you have to provide um, evidence that you upheld the LSP with all your types. Okay, and how is this yeah, checked? That's, that's, I'm interested now. That, that <laughs> if you want to verify the LSP, well, in that's, they don't... The people who wrote these guidelines or uh, regulations didn't specify how you have to verify this. It's all up to you, which okay. gives you both the power and the responsibility. You're not uh, said you have to pro you have to do it this way. You only are tasked with you provide you have to provide. But, this but how do you do this? The one 
idea I so far had was making abstract tests. So if you're in Java, for instance, and create one test that is meant for the abstract class, defines the behavior on the abstract level, and now nails down the behavior on that. The prime example for Java would be writing tests for hash code equals. Yeah, okay. Because okay. those two have to be properly implemented and also relate to each other. Okay. So you then rewrite your test class, which verifies all these things, and creates or re requires an uh, factory method okay. to be implemented. Okay. And your concrete type then, depending on object or inheriting from object, has its dedicated mm -hmm. test class, mm -hmm. which is then also a um, subclass from this abstract mm -hmm. testing class and provides instances by some randomized factory, for instance, which are then fed into equals and hash code. Okay. Yeah. So this is what, this what, is what we did, for instance. Yeah. In this. But for example, if you have an interface which can move right, yeah, you at some point you have to validate if moving right is really moving right, yeah, for all the instances of this interface, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I see, I think it's really hard to, to really, to really test it. But it's an interesting point that you have to do this. <laughs> but you don't know, but they don't describe how, yeah. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is, this is actually a benefit because you, you're, yes, you have to think about it. And second, because you can think about it, you can build some solution that is workable for you, mm. be it now from mm. a technical, technical perspective or from a process perspective. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, we talked a little bit about it already, about the interface segregation principle. But I really tried this. For, for a project to segregate the interfaces as small as possible, right? So really, as I said, I mean, in C-sharp, for example, it's, it's very, very cool because I mean that the best interface you can create in C-sharp is something like I can move right because interfaces in C-sharp start with I and that's, that's somehow cool if you create an interface like this, yeah? And then you have I can move right, I can move left, I can move up, I can move down and then you have, I don't know, yeah, you have... 15 interfaces on the class and it really doesn't help you, right? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> what is really the size of an interface? Yeah. I think the size is if you have, um, if every client that implements or yeah, or every, everyone that uses an interface also uses the other interface, I think it makes not too much sense to separate mm -hmm. them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but actually, and, that's and on the other way, if you have a single client that does not need to implement a method on an interface, then it's a sign to better separate them. But th that's an interesting point because I'm fully with you. Because, but but the problem is that when you create a class and you, know, and you want to publish an interface, you are the one who needs to decide actually how does this interface look like, right? But actually, the one who is really interested it is the customer of the class. May I yeah. pitch you the yeah. language Go at this point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because here, the interfaces are retroactively applied, or they are yeah, applied okay. at, yeah. at, at all. You simply the consumer specifies the interface that they want mm. to be upheld, and the type that, or an instance of a type that you put into that consumer is checked at compile time whether or not it fits okay. for that interface. Yeah, that, that's interesting because that's also where I wanted to go to, to this contract-driven um, testing, for example, where you do something similar. You, you just don't publish really an interface. You, you publish your, your API, for example, mm -hmm. and the customers say, okay, I need these three functions and I need these three methods and I need these five yeah. methods. 
the three customers and of course uh, based on these needs the mm-hmm. interface really gets defined and you know what you can mm-hmm. change still and so maybe it's really the, def- the, the, the wrong position where we de- have to define the interface right yeah maybe but I, I think it always yeah it's a good starting one or helps if you try to to attack the problem from the consumer side so if you need a dependency on something else, then you just think about what do I need from this other party? Yeah. So what methods do I need? And if I need them all now, yeah. then I think it's a good a good point for, for a single interface. Of course, the problem is if you then start evolving the system and you, for some cases you need even another thing, then it can become a really big interface. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you are with uh, some IL list in .NET, for example, that's really huge. And yeah. if you have to implement it, you're really a poor guy. Yeah. But actually, this is, uh, I mean, this is somewhere written down that, that, that the interface, that the interface should be located at the warm, at the, the position where it is used, right? It should yeah. be located next to the class which, mm-hmm. which implements it. That's what you often see. In, 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 in applications where they just make some kind of interface which has all the methods in it just for yeah. dependency injection purpose and stuff mm-hmm. like this but actually the interface should be on the in, in the code when you think yeah. of the code base it should be there where it is used right mm-hmm. so this one is the owner of the interface and the other just implements yeah. it. Yeah. it it shouldn't be responsible for designing or changing mm-hmm. it right and I'm absolutely you, guilty of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and if you do it, you don't have this problem. I don't see this this this, this problem of that you have to think. Okay, I have to cut my interfaces as small as possible, right? Yeah. I mean, at some point you maybe have to do it for, uh, from the customer side, but actually, when you create a class, I think it doesn't make sense that you say, okay, I create a car and I give him, I move right, I move left, I move up, and I move down. Yeah, because yeah. you don't know if this mm-hmm. is for somebody important that you have the separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Now this is, uh, when working in Go, this is something that brought me to the direction of thinking from the consumer side with yeah. regards to interfaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's the second cool thing I know about Go. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is that they just um, define the, the formatting. The yeah, form, yeah. <laughs> I, I love this. Oh, really? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is genius. <laughs> okay. Um, I think you said it. People hate it, but it is as it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. Everybody hates it, but they can change it, right? No, that's they, that's they the that, that, that they love that it exists. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that, that's just. That, that, but but I see other projects going in the same direction. I think Rust has some some similar approach, for mm-hmm. example. And also, in the, there's, a, there's a library called Prettier from, from JavaScript, um, from, from Facebook for, for JavaScript, and then lots of formatting stuff in the in the web in the web stuff. And they do something similar. They just say we don't want to configure everything. Yeah, I mean you can configure spaces or tabs. Yeah, because it's <laughs> <laughs> <Because, laughs> been too much. Yeah, but it's very opinionated. Yeah, and that's 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 actually cool. And I think the, this is, was first introduced by Go, and it was really a cool decision to say just. Well, not necessarily. If you go back in history, what was it? COBOL also defined where you had to write your lines. Was it COBOL? Ah, dang. Computer history. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. there, there was the, the, the column. There was no, important no, in which column you started yeah. the commands. Your commands were only allowed on, from column 72. Ah. <laughs> and, it, on, and everything on from column 72 would have been considered as a comment. Period. Yeah. <laughs> 
So no long variable names. And no freedom more for developers. So let's move on to the last one, huh? Yeah. To dependency inversion principle. Um, well, <laughs> it just says use dependency inversion, right? That, that, that's it. And so you should, what does it mean? Yeah, you should not. Um, you should get what you need, and you should know where you get what you need. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, depending on interfaces. Uh, I'm not sure. Not necessary. Not, not necessary, right? Yeah. So it, it's just important that you don't have the responsibility to know where you get something you need. You're you not know? the author of the object that you need. For example, right, yeah. And, um, isn't it about you're not responsible for the creation or for for deciding how and where to create? Exactly, how and where to so that an instance yeah. of a dependency. Mm -hmm. So how far does this go? Because I'm thinking now of, of unmanaged environments in C++, for instance. When I do this, I still have to define who is then responsible for who is then responsible for cleaning up. Mm -hmm. So I think it always, always, <laughs> always should, or is maybe too naive. Always should be in the, the same part of the system that was responsible for the creation. Yeah, certainly. Well, that okay. Is that too easy for C plus uh, Easy. It all depends <laughs> on how you set it up. Though it comes down to if you have, I don't know, one of your objects that requires ten of these ten dependencies. Let's say it's a big number, or at least a high number your creator would then have to keep track of all these single pointers and then know when to clean up. Whereas, mm -hmm. in at least in C++, it's more like whoever possesses the pointer, the raw pointer, is then responsible for it. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the point is that dependency inversion is, is, as far as I can, can, can say it, mostly done by dependency injection these days, right? So that's a mechanism to yeah, achieve dependency yeah. inversion. Yeah, but another... Dependency inversion mechanism would be maybe a service locator, right? It's it's still dependency inversion because you say, I have a service locator, I can request this instance of this class. It's still dependency inversion because you don't know where you get it and, 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 and how you get it. You just say, I can talk to the service locator, right? And yeah. another way would be to inject it. Yeah? Yeah. And actually, the, 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 the advantage, the big advantage in my, um, in my opinion is, is, of course, testing, yeah? It's 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 easy to do test things because you can put in whatever you want. You can modify your IOC container or your service locator. And for me, one of the reasons why dependency inversion yeah, um, really came that popular is because it actually it avoids the single responsibility principle. Yeah, because it is it not avoids. only yeah, it is not only responsible for injecting stuff. It is only also responsible for the lifetime of the stuff it injects. Right. So it is. Who is what now? <laughs> it is also responsible Who for the it? lifetime. What is it? The, oh, the, the, the IOC container, the, the dependency okay. injection framework. Yeah, call it, call it how you want. Yeah, but it has it has those two responsibilities. I think the second one to control the lifetime, even in big applications, is even even more important but than the first one. Yeah. Just but what what did you say about the solid? Uh, the, the single responsibility yeah because principle? it has an R2 responsibility right it has a uh, responsibility to inject the stuff and also to control the lifetime so I just wanted to make the loop you know <laughs> yeah okay but, but as seldom people are building their own dependency injection 
framework or the RIC container, I think that's not really the problem. I think on the other way, on the side of the consumer that lets inject the uh, dependencies, it even encourage you, encourages you or enables you to really do dependency injection, but to, sorry, to really adhere to the um, single responsibility principle without having the pain of, of doing all the wiring. Yeah, so I think yeah, on that yeah. side, it's really helpful mm-hmm. to yeah. have it. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and so but for, just for, in my project, yeah. uh, in my project, for example, I we really had now a, a situation where where we we had to use a somewhat changed uh, version of a class that we had, and this class was really just more or less getting all the dependencies, very fine grained dependencies that on their side depend on other things, and so and it was really easy without changing anything of the existing one just by adding another implementation of some of the sub-dependencies and injecting this to have the whole system behave in the way we we needed it. And that was a a really cool experience because Mm -hmm. we just had to set up the DI container a little bit different in that case and that's part of the system and and we had the change behavior that we needed. Yeah, that's for sure, yeah. I see it also as a a big advantage to the fifth one. So, but... To be honest, I didn't didn't ever see a project which didn't use dependency inversion anymore. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I'm too young for this to <laughs> to see all these constructors lying around. But one of the problems maybe I see with dependency injection, really dependency injection now, is that it's too easy to inject stuff. So it's too easy to to um, to to get dependencies, right? Because sometimes you see classes which inject I don't know 15 interfaces. And then you have, have the same problem again because sure. adding a dependency is just adding a line mm. of code in the construction, yeah. for example. Yeah, typical yeah, so case are controllers, for example. Yeah, yeah. Where you have to inject everything, seven repositories and yeah. blah. Yeah. And, and also different abstractions which yeah. you then yeah. inject. Yeah, so but I think then you have this probably a single responsibility violation of this class that needs all these 15 dependencies. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah, maybe. I, or it's just the d- responsibility of this class to be <laughs> the point where yeah. everything comes together. It's like a state or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's the? What's the but, yeah. What do you What do you think about? Because you mentioned it about uh, service locator. Of course, it's it's another means for doing uh, inversion of control. I don't see a reason to use a service locator. I, yeah. I just wanted to, to clarify yeah. that there are different possibilities okay. to, to achieve dependency inversion. And I, I'm not sure if it's even correct, but for me, a service locator is also some kind of, of dependency inversion. Yeah, technically, so. yes, but I think it has the obvious downsides if you use it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's it about solid, right? Yeah, everything clean. Yeah, that's solid. Clean that's solid for you. Yeah. <laughs> so in conclusion, you're you're more reserved about solid, or at least most of those. Sorry. In in conclusion, you're more reserved about them for most of them. Yeah, as mentioned, I, when I heard them the first time, I was really yeah, I was excited because I think okay, these are five good rules, and I will always try to keep them in my mind, but. The more I thought about them, the, the more I came into discussion about people and the more hard it is really to, to nail them down to concrete examples. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that you shouldn't know them. I, I think everybody who, who leaves university or 
who is a software engineer should at least have a feeling about them. But they, the problem I have with them, that's what I mentioned in the beginning, is that they are not a good base for, for doing discussions because they are too abstract, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, then, well, for one, I could then say this is the same your experience that it said, finally something that you can adhere to is, could be said also with the various patterns to follow them. Yeah. And first you are quite in, in trouble and say, yeah, yeah, awesome, I would do everything yeah. pattern on, then you realize, okay, this is going to be Then you crazy. realize, okay, it's not a syllabalid idea. <laughs> so it comes down to the, the thing, use it wisely. So then, uh, whatever tool you're yeah. using. Then, you, then I'm asking, so what do you use as a basis for discussions then? I use as a basic for this basis for discussion is really, for me, the number one rule is the less code, the better. So really simplicity. So making things as simple as possible and and don't thinking about what could happen in the near future because you don't know it actually most of the time. And and this is really the, the way for me to go. Yeah, make, make things as, as easy to understand and as simple as possible. That's and I think that's that's a hard discipline actually to because it, it that the problem is when you want to do this it, it's not really easy to do this on on your own you need I think some kind of pull request or stuff where people tell you well I don't understand your solution because it was clear for you if you coded it for for a half day or something like this so simplicity is, is king for me yeah when it comes to 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 rules like this. Um, but uh, as mentioned there, the solid principles are not not bad by 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 itself. But they, I think, they have the the reasons why why they exist. But they are a bad um, basis for discussions. That's that's the main problem. Yeah. Uh, when I discuss, I say, is it is it really the, the simplest way to solve this problem? Right. That, that's that's more or less my my base discussion, right? And not the solid principles. The amount of code, because you said less code is yeah, better. Yeah, I, I knew. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I don't mean performance-wise. Really, just making short names and stuff like this. I mean, really making it yeah. as straightforward as possible. Right. Yeah. That's that's the idea. Not not tell, not saying okay, this this variable is called a and this one is called no no no. no that's, that's, <laughs> clear, that's clear. That's clear. Yeah, okay. But sometimes simplicity means to hide. Stuff for sure, for sure. And yeah, just tiny stuff means and not having it here in exactly. this text file yeah. means yeah. net, net or more more code maybe. Yeah, yeah. Finding the right abstractions, yeah. finding the right names. That's all simplicity. Yeah. So simplicity is the same. It's just an abstract word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can you can hang on there. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's it's not really a surprise to me that we talked. Twice as long as we planned to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, to me, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it can be a good sign for the episodes to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've talked about the solar principles for, for, for days, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's not that bad. And it's always something new, right? When you talk yeah. to other people about these principles, yeah. everybody has another... Idea of what it really means, yeah, and so so it's interesting yeah. from from this. So, what would you say in two sentences to people who just <laughs> learn about solids? <laughs> the, uh, to people, to people who just learned about or are or are now intrigued about solid principles, what would you say to them as a guidance for the future as well? Well, apply them. 
that's what I would say to them. Yeah, try should to really try it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, try to understand what's behind it. Yeah. Don't be too religious yeah. about it. Yeah, for sure, exactly. Maybe, maybe this works for them. Yeah, maybe I just <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot think that abstract enough or something like this. I don't know, but maybe it works for them, and at least they should try it. Yeah. Okay, understood. The maybe answer. So if you don't know about them, try to follow them. If you know them, think twice. <laughs> yeah. No, what Paul mentioned is the point here. Yeah, don't be too religious. It's just a set of, of, of best practices yeah. or rules. Probably you will, yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, so I think uh, this was it for the first episode. Uh, please expect us to come back to you with episode number two. I hope in the next month, not Let, let's let's keep the deadlines soft, but let's expect some some more episodes to come in the future. Uh, I think well, we the next month is clear in this episode one because this one is zero, right? Uh, did I see one? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me confused. <laughs> so, okay, to cut the confusion short, thank you for listening, <laughs> and we will back in the next month on Developer Melange.